0: From the Quadesh Family Church, Apostle Joel Obobissa will inspire you with anointed, practical, and down-to-earth Bible-based teachings that will refresh, energize, and motivate you to do your best for God. Join the Apostle now as he ministers the Word of God. Wow. What a blessing. <laughs> Let us pray, amen Father we thank you for your blessing Thank you for another opportunity to hear the word Your word is a lamp onto our feet It's a light onto our path We pray, Lord, that the lamp will be turned on and let the light shine so bright that we are affected, that every darkness in us and in our lives will receive illumination in the name of Jesus. We thank you again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Beautiful. Please be seated. Amen. Amen. Right. So we thank God for another opportunity to be in his presence, to be in church, and to hear the word of God. Amen. Amen. And last Sunday, we started sharing about church growth. Amen. Now, why are we talking about church growth in church with everyone? Because I thought it is the pastor's duty to grow the church and therefore it's the pastor's business. We should be discussing church growth in a pastor's conference or some leaders meeting. Do you understand? But last week we understood that, really, it's in everybody's interest for the church to grow, amen, Amen. that the burden of growing the church is not only the pastor's, or should not be the pastor's burden only, Amen. amen. In other words, it's a burden that must be shared by all Christians, why? Because of what a church is, isn't it? Yeah. Because a church is basically an assembly, the remnants of our work. That means the fruits that we, that we bear is what we bring in. And that's how the church is formed. Amen. Yeah. Jesus gave us an instruction in John chapter 15 and verse 16. And he said that we should go and bring forth fruit and that our fruit must remain. Amen. Amen. Yes, our fruit must remain. Hallelujah. So every Christian to whom Jesus is speaking here, and, you know, one of the ways to know very quickly if you are included in the group Jesus is talking to is to go quickly to the end to see if what is at the bottom of that verse concerns you also or if it's something you like. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. So what is at the bottom of that verse is that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Now I like that. (laughs) You like that? Yes. I like that. So That makes me interested in what is the condition that is qualifying people for that. And that makes me say, count me in, (laughs) isn't it? It says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. (laughs) Do you see? So that one, you know, maybe you may still be debating whether you have chosen the Lord or he has chosen you or whether there's even been a choosing at all. You see, because sometimes you feel like you're a visitor, <laughs> you know. So maybe you're not yet chosen the Lord. Well, that's fine. So let's leave that confusion, you know. But I know that what's at the bottom, I like it. Whether I'm a visitor or I'm new or whatever, I, that, that part I like. So that makes me interested in what's in the middle. He says that he has chosen us and ordained us that we should go and bring forth fruit And that our fruit should remain. And whatsoever we shall ask of the Father in his name, he would give it to us. Amen. Amen. So, that is something for everybody. Amen. Amen. That is something for every Christian. It's an assignment that God has given, not only to the pastor, but has given to everyone who is a follower of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You know, when you read another scripture, which is in Matthew chapter 13, the book of Matthew, chapter 13, and verse number 31, Matthew 13 and verse 31. Now, here, The Bible says, another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. Verse 32 Which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Amen. Amen. Now, when you look at this verse, you can see clearly, Jesus is telling us, you know, how it is in the kingdom of God or how the system of God works, isn't it? And he's showing us that it starts small, do you see, but it's not Intended to remain small. Amen. It starts small. It's allowed to start small, but it's not allowed to remain small. That the plan is for it to increase, the plan is for it to grow. Do you understand? And indeed, all the benefits in it and all the blessings in it actually occur. In its grown stage, not when it is still a seed. So you see that the verse says, which indeed is the least of all seeds, verse verse 32, is is just small. He says, but when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs. Can you imagine that? You never experience, you know, the herb value in that seed if it remains small. Do do, do you see what I'm saying? Yes. If it would grow, you'd be surprised that there are herbs in it. Do you see? And then it also becomes a tree. You see, it becomes a tree. And the beds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. You see, so that same tree, which was once a seed, becomes a place of you know security it becomes a habitation for birds it becomes a blessing do you do you understand yes and if we apply this to the church you will find that when the church is small it's a blessing but not as much as when the church is big when the church grows you'll be surprised how many blessings are in it for you do you see what i'm saying Yes, you'll be surprised that that same seed actually has a lot in it, you know. It's like babies. When babies are small, nobody knows what they can do. Like um, L.P. Michelle's baby. I don't know what she contributes to the church. She contributes attendance. (laughs) Children under 12. Yeah, and she contributes cuteness to the church. Okay, you see the thing. Yes, but I know other babies like that, like Eva and Vera. You see, they used to just contribute running around. <laughs> Do you see? Yes. And contribute after church noise. <laughs> and running up and down excited and just being happy around in the same church. Do you understand? Now, today, when you look for those two girls, they are very busy in the back there. You see? Make running us essentially putting scriptures on the screen and showing us things, you get it? But that has come out of them because they have grown. Mm. Are you getting the picture? Yes, as they have grown, you can see their abilities, their gifts are coming forth, and they are blessing. Do you get it? It's because of them that some people like Reverend Munene can come and sit here. (laughs) Do you see? Yes. But some time ago, we were going to need Reverend Munene to be at the back there. Otherwise, the church is not happening. (laughs) Are you getting the picture? So, there is a lot of blessing in people growing up. And the church is called the body of Christ. And similarly... There is great blessing in a church when it grows. You're going to be surprised what is in the church for you. Amen. As the church grows, you find their best friends in it for you. You find, you know, their beloveds in it for you. Yes, 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 yes. People become husbands. People become wives. Business partners. Even people who, bridesmaids, <laughs> makeup artists, right? They are also here. Yeah. Uh, uh, wed- wedding planners. You get it? Wedding decorators. You see. Yeah. You see. Chefs. Chefs. Yeah. What about chauffeurs? <laughs> yeah, smart looking chauffeurs. Do you, do you see? Yes. All of that is in the church. It's, 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 and can you imagine how much money you save just from having all these people around? Are you getting it? Yes. And the more the church grows the more of such gifts and talents and benefits that it includes. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, and you never know. You just went out to save a soul because Jesus asked us to go. But you'll be surprised that within it, God will reward you. You see? You know, now I'm even thinking that perhaps one of the meanings of whatsoever that you ask the Father in my name He will give it to you. Perhaps one of the meanings is that out of the fruit will come solutions to many of your prayer topics. Yeah. Yeah, perhaps that's one of the things Jesus was saying. That God, the fruit that you brought that remained, you'll be surprised that some of that fruit or out of that fruit, there would be answers to some of your prayers. Yes, there would be answers to some of your prayers. Hallelujah. Solutions to problems. Even someone to connect you and to show you where to find a job. Yes, yeah, someone to put your resume together for you, help you package yourself and present yourself to be hired by someone. You'll be surprised that is actually right here in the church. Do you see what I'm saying? So everybody loses when the church remains small. Yes. And the smaller it is, the more work it is. Do you see? Yes. When you start nursing a baby, you see that all the work is done by you. Yes. Except swallowing. (laughs) Even that, you see that you you have to sort of work on the person and just try to, you know, convince them to swallow. (laughs) It's not a small thing. But as the child grows you see that the child gradually takes on some of the responsibility for her upkeep. All the way, even when she needs to use the bathroom, now it doesn't concern you. She doesn't even tell you. You know, she just goes and comes there, out of there by herself. Why? Because she's growing. Same person, but the difference now is that she's grown. And as she's growing, you become freer. Do you see what I'm saying? yes. But when you are small, then all the work is done by you. <laughs> you have to f- finish leading praise and worship, and then come and be the TSA, and then join the film stars. When they're, and then after that, come back and sing again. You see the thing. Yes, because all the work has to be done by a few people. Am I making a good case? for what, wanting you must want the church to grow. Do you get it? Yes. Because it is it, it it is holding some of the blessings that God has intended for your life. Do you get it? And as long as it does if it does not grow, those blessings will never be released into your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the church must grow, and that burden must be shared by everybody. Amen. Amen. Right now, today we are talking about how to use anacazo to induce church growth. You get it? And I bet that what's going on in your head right now is what is anacazo? <laughs> what is the meaning of the word anacazo? Anacazo is spelled a-N-A-G-K-A-Z and O. Anakazo. Anakazo. Anakazo is a Greek word. Do you see? It is a Greek word. And it simply means to compel. Right? It also means to necessitate, to drive and to constrain by all means, such as force, threats, persuasion, and entreaties. (laughs) Do you see? Yes. Force, threats, persuasion, and entreaties. You see, that's the word anachazum. Okay? Now, you know, sometimes you have to go back to the original language in which, from which the Bible is translated to get, you know, the context or the shades of meaning surrounding that word. You know, um, yesterday I was p- uh, picking up my car from the garage and um, the gentleman who uh, fixed the car, he, his first language is Spanish. You know, so... But his son, I think, was raised here, so he speaks English. And so I had the dad asking the son, you know, what, 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 what do you say? Because I had actually, outside, introduced uh, my wife. We went together. So I had introduced, I said, that's my wife, you know. And I think he was not sure how to respond. I didn't even notice it. So when we went inside, that was just me, him, and his son. Then I heard him asking his son, you know, what, what, what are you supposed to do? And the son told him something and he repeated, okay, pleased to meet you, pleased to meet you, pleased to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. So the son was showing him, um, um, because he said something in Spanish to the son, you know, and the son was explaining to him that, you know, those of you who speak Spanish, you know, Yvette, maybe you can explain what <laughs> you would appreciate it better. But I don't know, it sounded like um, the Spanish uh, expression of what he wanted to say was a little different from the English rendition of it. So his son was helping him to put it right. You see, and, and, you know, and sometimes that's how it is. You need to go back into the language and come out again with the right meaning of the expression. Are you getting the picture? Yes. So this word anakazo is a similar word, and it is used in the Bible in Luke chapter 14. So let's go to Luke chapter 14 and read this story which has this word, anakazo, in it, okay? And Luke chapter 14, and it starts from verse 16. It says, a certain man made a great supper and bade many, okay? And then he sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, come, for all things are now ready. And in verse 18 They all, with one consent, began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I've bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, And therefore, I cannot come. (laughs) Period. Pastor Mike is not here, right? Because he has married a wife. (laughs) I find it interesting how the earlier two are begging to be excused. But the third one says, it's out of the question. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's above me. (laughs) It's like, no, I mean, I have married a wife. It's out. (laughs) Okay. So he says, so the servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed, and the halt, and the blind. These are people, you know, mostly disabled, you know, people who were not originally invited, isn't it? And he says, go and find those people and bring them. And the servant said in verse 22, Lord, it is done as thou has commanded, you know. And yet there is room. You see, and yet there is room. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou has commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidding shall take taste of my supper amen Amen. right now that word in verse 23 compel is the word anakazo you get it so if we back up into the language from which that verse is translated that word is anakazo do you see and that word anakazo is supposed to mean to necessitate to drive, and to constrain by all means such as force, threats, persuasion, entreaties. Wow. Wow. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. yes. So, g- g- having that meaning or that body of words, you know, s- describing the word an- um, anakazu, you get the idea of what the master meant when he said, compel them to come in. Are you getting it? Yes. Yes. What he's saying or showing us in this passage is how to have a successful gathering, how to have a successful party, how to have a successful service, you see, because we start from people giving excuses who never showed up, and we end with a house that is filled. <laughs> do, do, do you get it? Yes. And you can see that if the person was just to limit or resign themselves to the normal behavior of regular invitees, he was going to end up with an empty house with a lot of food that had been cooked that would not be eaten. I think it's quite painful when you cook a lot of food for people and they, show, they don't even show up. Yes, or when they show up and they don't eat. You, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, so if anybody invites you to a meal, try to attend it, isn't it? Yes, and when you're there, try to eat a little bit of it. Do you see? So that they, 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 their effort is worth it. Obviously, the man started by making a great feast. He was not intending for the feast to be just a, you know, a basic lunch. Do you, you get it? That's not what he was doing. He was making a feast, you see. And so he sent his servants at supper time and called those that had been invited, you know. And obviously you can see there were big shots. One of them had a yoke of oxen he had just purchased, you know. Yes. Another one had just bought some land. Yes. And the other one was like Rich Mike. <laughs> You get it? Yes, had organized a big wedding party for himself and had married a wife. Do you see? And he said, you know, this is not anything to leave and go to church. You know, I asked Mike, are you coming to church on Sunday? He said, no, no. (laughs) He he said, no, I won't be there. (laughs) I won't be there. (laughs) Do you see? Yes. And so Left with those people, the man was now going to have an empty house in spite of what he had prepared. Do you get it? Yes. See, sometimes we make the mistake of thinking or assuming that because the food is good, people would naturally come. (laughs) Do you get it? Yes. But if that was the case, there would be no Chick-fil-A adverts. (laughs) Do you see? Yeah. Yeah. There would be no food place advertising anything because they would assume that, look, what we are cooking here is great. You get it? Yes. It's it's great. (laughs) And because it's great, people must come. (laughs) But we realize that most restaurants and eating places, you know, even sometimes they beg you for a review. (laughs) Yeah, they ask you, can you please go and tell people that what you ate here was good? Tell people about your experience here so they can come because we need people to come here. And the fact that what we're cooking here is great does not mean that people would naturally come and eat it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So they are prepared to pay sometimes people you know, to run ads for them, to run different displays for them and different things just to get people to come so that their house would not be empty and so that their feast would not be without patronage. Amen. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So, we also in the church, I mean, you are here, you come to church, you have a great experience, especially if you have come here more than once, it means the experience must be good enough for you to want to come back to. What do you think? Yes. And many of you come to church, you love the experience, you love the friends you have here, you love the fellowship, you love the word, you love the prayers, you love the music, you love what? What the pastor (laughs) you love the pastor you love everything you love the pastor's pastor communion yes you love everything in the church but it will be a mistake to assume that people will naturally come to your church just because the food or the experience is great Are you getting the picture? Because you can see, people always have something they place above the quality experience you are offering them. Like the yoke of oxen that this man has. Was obviously more important to him than the feast. Do you see? Yes. He had not seen the feast, but he had made the assumption already that this yoke of oxen is more important to me than whatever is at that man's feast. Do you you get it? Yes. Inspecting the piece of land, the man had placed it above the feast experience. You get it? So it looks like if we just leave things to play themselves out naturally, it would lead to people placing things above the experience that you are offering them. Do, do, Do you get it? Yes. Above the experience. You see, Yes, even though in many cases, actually, if they would have done it, it would benefit them. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. For example, when you marry a wife, you know, wives like dinners. If I'm wrong, you can tell me. (laughs) They like being taken to dinners. Yes, yes. Every wife would look at you differently if you said, you know, don't cook today. Just let's go out. (laughs) Let's go out and get something to eat. Yes. And you see the wife who has lost appetite at home when she goes to such a place. (laughs) You will discover she wasn't sick after all. (laughs) You get it? Yes. She just needed to be taken out. And so what happens is that sometimes people don't even know that what they need is actually that experience you are offering them. People don't know that what they need is actually a church experience. They need some time in the presence of God. There's something about the presence of God that heals There's something about the presence of God that does something. It changes people. Do you understand? Yes, the presence of God is like a kind of spiritual fumigation. Do you you understand? Yes, that just deals with an untold number of things. Things you can't specifically count, but there are things that just kill things. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. The presence of God is like that. See, I saw some flies the other day in my house and I decided to go to war. (laughs) Yes. And that was during the week when the prophet was preaching about good (laughs) general. I said, these guys, I'm going to war against them. (laughs) You know, so I looked for something and I realized I didn't have anything in the house for killing flies specifically. But I had something for spiders. <laughs> Do you see? It said, it said spiders and ants. Yes. But what I had in the house was flies. <laughs> yeah. So I just said, you know, I don't know about this thing but I think that this must be something that generally kills these kinds of things. You know? Yes. So I began to attack them one by one. (laughs) With this thing, I tell you. (laughs) It was a war, isn't it? Yes. I tell you. died, they, they died or ran away. Between dying and running away, they, they, they left the house. Yes. Between dying and running away, they were no longer in the house. Do you get it? So I realized that a certain atmosphere is what needs to be created. Do you see what I'm saying? And many times you find that the presence of God or coming to the presence of God you see is what a person needs. You, we cannot tackle your problems issue by issue. You see, yes, you, you cannot do that because some of the issues, no two issues are the same. Have you noticed that? Yes, no two issues are the same. And sometimes they, they look like they are similar up to a point. And then one takes a detour. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? yes. And as a pastor, I've come to know that, you know, you cannot meet the needs of people. You cannot meet, we are all just human. You get it? Sometimes the problem you have, I have too. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So we don't, what we need or what people need is the presence of God. Let me show you this verse. We read it the other time, but let's read it again. It says in Luke chapter um, uh, let, me, let, me, let me show you this verse. I think this is going to bless you. Right? Luke chapter 5, right there, yes. Luke chapter 5 and verse 17. It says, and it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching. Do you see? This is what the pastor does, isn't it? What I'm doing now, I'm teaching you, isn't it? It says that there were some Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Samaria. Do you get it? Yes. And then it says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Yes. Look at it. Do you see? So it seems that the power of the Lord being present is actually a separate experience from even the teaching that is going on. Are you getting it? Yes. So when you come to church, you are encountering more than the teaching of the pastor. Yes. You are encountering far more. The experience you are having here, what is affecting you, it goes way beyond what I have to say. This is called the house of the Lord. And if you're in the house of the Lord, you will experience the Lord in more ways than through the preaching. You see what I'm saying? Yes, and that's what people need. Being in the presence of God, you can see Jesus was not conducting a healing service. He was teaching, but the power of the Lord in that service was present to heal them. Do, do, do you get it? The power of the Lord was present to heal, to heal, to heal, to heal them. Do you see? And so you find that When people come to church, they have varied spiritual encounters and experiences that must not be discounted at all. Do you get it? Yes. They have different experiences that must not be toyed with and that must not be looked at, you know, yes. Look at this other verse, Hebrews chapter 12. You know, and verse 22. He says, But ye are come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly, and the church of the firstborn." which are written in heaven and to the judge of all and to the spirits of just men made perfect and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Amen. Amen. Right? Now, I'm sure you don't understand any of those things. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You get it. But he's talking about what you actually come to when you come to Mount Zion. You get it? And Mount Zion actually represents the church. Do you see? So when you come to a church environment, you see, it's a much more complex environment than it seems. And so when people are even staying away from church, they don't know what they're signing out of. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, they think they're just signing out of, you know, I didn't come, you know, maybe just to miss the choir singing or that the pastor would preach and I missed that or something like that. No, there is a lot more that happens in this environment. That's how come people change in church. Yes, that's how come people can change in church. That's how come people go home and drop habits. That nobody spoke about. Are you getting it? Yes. Because the pastor cannot possibly know. Any and everything that is going on in your life. Do, 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 do you understand? Yeah we will always know in part. Even with the gifts and the fruit of the spirit at work in our lives. We still are only able to know in part. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. But you find that God works on people. You find God dealing with people. Yeah. Do, do you get it? I'll show you one last thing. Oh. Mark, Mark chapter number one. The book, book of Mark. The book of Mark. Chapter one. Wow. 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 <laughs> huh. In Mark chapter one verse 21. <laughs> And they went into Capernaum, And straightway on the Sabbath day, he entered into the synagogue and taught. Can you see that? Yes. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. Verse 23. Now, there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. Can you see that? Somebody had come to the synagogue, but he had an unclean spirit. Unclean spirit is that version of the Bible's way of saying demons. Do you get it? At least you can see it's a spirit. And you can see it's not clean. Isn't it? Yes. You get it. (laughs) The minimal interpretation should be a a spirit that has not taken a shower (laughs) but whatever you do you don't want the spirit this guy was in the church but he had an unclean spirit a demon was oppressing his life in some way do you see But look at what is going on. Now, as he was teaching, as Jesus was teaching, verse 24 says, you know, the demon cried out saying, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. Now, this is very interesting. Can you imagine it? Jesus was just teaching. See, so those of us who don't respect the teaching and preaching, I see some people, they come to church when I'm preaching and teaching, they walk out. Yes, they walk out. They they get up and they go outside. Just stand outside You know, you see them on their phones, listening to music, different kinds of things and different kinds of experiences. But look at what is happening. Jesus is teaching. He has not mentioned the name of any evil spirit, but some spirit is crying, leave us alone, leave us alone, leave us alone. What else does it mean? (laughs) Exactly what you are thinking it means. (laughs) You see, which is that the preaching of the word was in the realm of the spirit an assault on the demon. The demon that was harassing the man was actually feeling harassed, do you see, by the teaching of the word. The teaching of the word was directly, directly, directly attacking the evil spirits in the guy's life. Yes. That whole environment was not good for the evil spirit. So the evil spirit said, well, have you come to destroy us? Because they, it felt that that's the effect of this teaching. That's the effect of this experience. That we are being destroyed. Yes. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. If you see somebody or oh, you, you went too close to someone, and the person asked you, are you coming to destroy my car? What do you think <laughs> they're saying? They can see clearly that what you, you have come too close. And your effect, if you continue like that, is you will destroy my car. So the demon was seeing that. He said, leave us alone. Leave us alone. And look at it. This is one man speaking, and the demon says, us. Do do, do you get it? Yes, that's one man speaking, and the person, the voice that is speaking out of that man is using us. So this is the spokesperson for a group of demons inside the man, you know, that have ganged up. To harass the man, destroy his life, ruin his life that have come into that place. Are you following what I'm saying? No, I'm I'm preaching about (laughs) anacazo. You see, yes. And the point I'm trying to make is that people need this environment. They need this atmosphere. Do you get it? And if we were to leave people by themselves, you bet that they will never choose this atmosphere by themselves. A lot of people will not choose it, even though that's what they need. Even though that's what they need. Because the experience in the church actually works to overcome the works of the devil in people's lives. And so many times, I mean, if you can imagine, if this particular demon had noticed that Jesus was coming that Sunday, (laughs) he wouldn't have come there. He came there, he wasn't expecting Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, he wasn't expecting Jesus at all. (laughs) You see, and then suddenly, he realized that the preacher was Jesus. And he had come, and you can see the Bible says he taught them with one as one with authority, not as the scribes. So the the demon thought that one of the scribes was going to preach. <laughs> yes. Yes. But when he came to the place, then he saw that power. <laughs> yes. Power. <laughs> yes. He saw this power here. Yes. Do you see? Yes. And of course, Jesus told him, shut up and come out of the man. And he came out. You get it? So I'm just making a point that if we were to leave people by themselves, they would not choose this atmosphere. Are you getting it? Yes. So the anacazo man, he sent a message through his servant. And said, Go out and compel them to come in. You see, that a regular, you know, soft toned, politely presented invitation to someone to come into this atmosphere would usually not work. Do you get it? It would just be ignored. <laughs> you see, yes. And other things will be placed above it. Like I have to go and see my oxen. <laughs> I have to go and see my land. You know. And then family issues. Do you get it? My child is not well. <laughs> you know. My, my, you know people will even put walking their dog over coming to church. Yes. exactly <laughs> do you see yes because yesterday somebody told us that he had a dog he said he, his dog and something about where he would go somewhere and he said he can't leave the dog at home yes it's like the, the dog needs someone to be at home with with, with, with him yes that dog has become like <laughs> yes you see the thing yes Are you getting the picture? People will put their laundry, doing their laundry, above this spiritual encounter. Can you imagine that? You have to wash your clothes. And it's more important than having a spiritual encounter that cleanses you from evil spirits that are harassing your life and ruining your life. Oh yes, and evil spirits... They are very compatible with regular living. Oh, yeah. oh, yes. If you think that everybody with an evil spirit is just, every time they are just going crazy and acting crazy. No, it's not like that. It's not like that. Yes. Evil spirits can just be the coolly in somebody. Remember, the Bible says they are always looking for rest. <laughs> yes, they are always looking for, that, and they actually leave places where they are harassed. Yes, if, as I assure you that if you are under any kind of demonic spell or influence, if you were to just keep coming to church and just keep coming to church, you know, this atmosphere will make those spirits uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. oh yes. Yes. And sometimes that's what happens. It's, it's the spirits that creates restlessness and creates discomfort. You see the thing? Yes they will leave you. That's why I heard about a pastor, prophet talks about a pastor who said that he doesn't counsel anybody. Yes, he doesn't have any one-on-one counseling with anyone until they have attended his church for six weeks. No matter what problem you have, his solution is come to church for six weeks. Yes, if after six weeks this problem persists, we can have a one-on-one. Yeah, (laughs) you get it, yes. And he said that most problems will be taken away and dealt with one way or the other within six weeks of preaching. Yeah, six weeks of preaching. You know, the word of God is so powerful. Yes, the word of God, it doesn't even have to be about whatever problem you're having. No, it doesn't even have to be about that. But it's just the atmosphere. The word of God, the environment, that's what it is. Yeah. Changes people. Do you see? Yeah. Yes. And so the man, Anakazo man, said, You know, I see that if I go by the regular method, people will not come to my meeting. People will not come to the party. And truly, all of them had given and made their excuses. I cannot come, I cannot come, I cannot come, I cannot come. You know, today I'm challenging you to evaluate your own life and assess the reasons why you don't come to church sometimes. Just think about it. Now, what are the reasons? Do you see? What what are the things? Sometimes you say, I'm sleeping. Is it like when you come to church, you will not get to sleep again? (laughs) Do you you get why don't you sleep after church and sleep all you want? Do you see? Yeah. The enemy makes your need for sleep so urgent. It's like it's not just that I need to sleep; I need to sleep now. This 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 sleep is premium sleep. (laughs) Do you get it? Yes. It's like a sleep pro max. (laughs) This one is, is, is different from all kinds of sleep. No, it's just to keep you out. It's to keep you out and don't be so casual about staying out. It's costly. It's costing you a lot. Yes, the reason why some things have not changed for so long It's because they have not been exposed to the power and the presence that changes things. I tell you, when I lifted that, my spider spray, all the flies just Power is (laughs) here. Yeah. They saw that something has come into the house. Something has come into the house. Yes. Something has come into the house. So he said, this place, we are not comfortable here. So you even notice that they would not settle in one place for a long time. They they knew every few minutes they have to move (laughs) to get it, yes. And they crisscrossed the place because they could see that, you know, if if you stay too long, something is going to happen to you. (laughs) The atmosphere, that's how to kill insects. If we have to kill mosquitoes in this room... You can't follow the mosquitoes around. Mosquito A, mosquito B, you know, mosquito C. And then, you know, you see each mosquito and give them their own personal spray. You know, you can't do that. Yes. And sometimes that's how it is. We can't really address all issues issue by issue by issue by issue. Do you get it? We just have to... Create an atmosphere, you get it, and expose whatever issue it is to the atmosphere, and you find issues yielding and surrendering themselves. Yes. Don't be so casual. Don't think that nothing happened, you know, or that it didn't cost you anything. You didn't come, it was costly for you. It was. It was. It was. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. So we need to use anachasm. Do you get it? Which is, it says to use, to use, to necessitate, to drive, to constrain by all means such as force, threats, persuasion, and entreaties. So it means that what God is expecting from us to fill his house is not just a casual, passive, will you come to church? Do you get it? But rather, to be on people. Do you get it? Yes. I mean, you find some people say, ah, but going to church also, is it by force? Do, do I mean, do I have, the answer is yes. Yes. <laughs> Because Jesus was telling the story. You might as well ask, you've made your party. And I say, I'm not coming. Is that a force? (laughs) No. No. He does not accept it. It says the master of the house being angry. Angry that something has been prepared and he didn't come. The people didn't come. You know, and therefore he became upset angry, and he said, go around and compel them. Compel them to come in. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Compel people to come in. We are going to have to use entreaties. Do you see? We're going to have to use, what does entreaty mean? What does it mean to entreat someone? To entreat someone. Right? Right? earnest earnest or what humble. humble request to entreat someone right so it's like you are you are literally begging the person isn't it to plead it means what to plead yeah. to 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 plead with especially in order to do what to persuade to ask urgently. You know, entreaty the, the, is such a great word because it, it combines perfectly, you know, the politeness and mildness but with intensity. Yeah. Do, 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 do you see the thing? Yes. <laughs> you know, have you met someone who was begging you for something but begging you with such intensity that it's disturbing? <laughs> The children do that. Yeah. You get it? It's, it's, you, you become disturbed. Yeah. You get it? because you, and, and sometimes you're even angry. And you take what they want and you give it to them. You get it? And you throw it at them and give it to them. You see the thing? Because, you know, huh, you didn't have to, but you also know that you couldn't have not given do you get it? Yes, this is it. It says to ask a person earnestly to beseech them, to implore, to beg. Do you get it? Yes. And so the Bible is saying that, you know, if you just, meet, so please, will you go to church with me this Sunday? <laughs> but the answer is going to be no. No. <laughs> You get it? The answer is going to be, perhaps they wouldn't even say no. Oh, you know, they would respond with an equally polite. <laughs> you get it? Yes. Which is that, oh, you know, I'll try. Share, share your experience. <laughs> I'll try to see. Oh, I'll figure something out. I'll check my schedule. I'll figure something out. I'll check my schedule. You know, that, that's not a no. You get it? Yes, because you are very polite. <laughs> I'll keep you posted. I'll text you. Yes. You get it? Yes. I mean, to put an invitation on text. <laughs> is to keep all the power on the other side. Do you see? Yes. But he said go to the highways and the hedges. Go out in the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. Do you see? So God is expecting us and expecting our efforts to be a little a lot stronger. Than they have been. Do do, do you see what I'm saying? A lot stronger than they have been. And we must not allow the world to guilt trip us and to make us feel bad for being so strong about asking someone to come to church. Do you see? Or even to come to the Lord. To come to the Lord. Do you understand? Yes, because ultimately it's not a church we want people to come to. It's the Lord we want people to meet. But we bring people to church because this is his house. You get it? Yes. And if you take someone to the right church, they are not likely to go to church and not meet the Lord. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yes, they are not likely to go to church and not meet the Lord. If you're in the right church, if you're in the right, and this is a right church. It's, it's, it's a right church. By the grace of God. By the grace of God. It's a right church. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. They're not likely to come there and not encounter his presence, his power, you know. And when you invite someone to church, just leave them in the hand of the Lord. You, can, you go ahead and have your own experience. With the Lord and leave them in the hand of the Lord. Do you you understand? You don't have to be chasing, seeing what, oh, this thing that the pastor said, it's going to upset the person, this, that. You know, the music is too much. This person doesn't like loud music. Leave them in the hands of the Lord. You brought them to the house of the Lord. Allow them to have an experience with with the Lord. With the Lord. With the Lord. With the Lord. And God knows exactly how to minister to them. God knows exactly how to touch them. God knows exactly how to. That's why we must pray for people. You get it. We must pray for people. You see, yes. That's one of the ways to prepare ourselves for bringing people to church. Which is that we pray for them before they come to church. Can I have an amen? Amen. Are you understanding the word of God? I can see that our time is up, but you know, yeah. You always have to remember Sunday is not a (laughs) camp. Do you see? Yes. Wow. Are you blessed by what I'm sharing with you? Yes. The Anakazo man, all right? So let me just go through a couple of my points and then we will close, right? So number one, use Anakazo to prepare a great feast. Do you get it? Yes. Use Anakazo to prepare what? A great feast. Do you see? Yes. Now, the great feast is the service. That's what we are having here. Do you get it? And we use anakazo, you see, to prepare, make sure that we have prepared ourselves to have those people. And that's why one of the things that must go into our preparation is prayer for the people we invite. Do, do, do you see what I'm saying? Yes because now you understand that people have to deal with so many things you get it yes people have to deal with so many things including evil spirits that don't want them in this kind of environment knowing that if we go to church that's our last day <laughs> do, do you understand yes the madman of Gadara all he had to do was to run to Jesus you get it yes and he ran to Jesus before the demons could stop him Before the demons knew what was going on, they were in front of Jesus Christ. What did we do? (laughs) Do you see? Yes. They probably saw the man running in a certain direction, but they thought it was one of his. Yes. Yes. Random runnings and so on. Do you see? Yeah. Yeah. And then, suddenly, they saw that they were in front of Jesus, and now they had no chance. Jesus began to engage them. His word began to engage them, you know, and as the engagement continued, it led to their expulsion. Eventually, they lost. They had to leave. They left the man, and they were now begging to be cast out into pigs, Do you see? Yes. And they went out and they were destroyed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So there must be preparation. Amen? Amen. There has to be preparation if we are going to invite people to come. There must be preparation including even how the people will come. That's why we have busing. Do you see? That's why we talk about busing. Now we don't have buses. But we have cars. Do, do you get it? We have cars, you know And a lot of people will come to church if we were willing to make the sacrifice of giving them a ride in a car to church. Even those who have a car. do, do you see what I'm saying? Because it takes more than owning a car to move it. <laughs> True or false. True. Yes. And some people don't, they may not say it, but they don't come to church because they make the calculation of the gas. Isn't it? Yes. And they just think, you know, I just bought, you know, uh, uh, three gallons of gas. You get it? And it's supposed to last me the whole week. Isn't it? So if I make this calculation, I say, if I go to church and then I come back, no, it's gone. You see, it means I'm going to need gas by Wednesday. Isn't it? Yes. So, uh, excuse, I pray thee, have me excused. <laughs> do, do you see? Yeah. I pray thee, <laughs> have me excused. Do you see? But we can overcome that. Do you see? through the preparation of telling someone, you know something, you don't even have to drive. I will come here myself and I'll give you a ride to church and back. I'll bring you back. Yes. That would be a major solution, you know, and it would be a major provision that you have made that can turn a no into a yes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, because now I'm picking you up. All your excuses gone. Yes, I'm giving you a ride. I'm going to turn my AC on. <laughs> You'll be cool. And even after church, I'll buy you something cold. <laughs> you know, just to drink something. Yes. Do you see? Yes. So we must use preparation. Amen. Prepare the great supper. Don't just, don't just think that people will show up just because we invited them. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you getting that picture? Yes. Number two, use an anakazo to influence many people. Amen. Amen. Now, the man, you can see the Bible says he made a great feast. And what did he do? He invited many. Isn't it? He bade many. Isn't it? Yes. So sometimes the real problem is that not enough people have been invited. Do you see? Yes. I mean, one of the things that amazes me about the airlines. You know what I'm talking about they can overbook the plane. Isn't it? They never stop selling the tickets. (laughs) Do you get it? Then at the last minute on the day of the flight they send you a message and they said they are looking for people who will give up their seats. Yes, in exchange for an amount of money. Which sometimes is more than what you paid for the seat. Has it happened to you before? Yes. Do you get it? And then they play this game of not confirming it. They say, you ca- we will tell you at the gate. So they want you to leave home. How many times I wish they will just tell me. If, if you tell me, then I don't have to take that Uber to the airport and pay for it only to be told that um, 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 you you can't make it on the flight, so either wait for the next one or even come tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Do do, do you get it? But it's a game. game. They understand the Anakazo game. (laughs) Yes, they understand that, look, you need to invite many to have some. Are you getting it? They understand it. But to have a full airplane, you can't say that we have 200 seats so we have sold 200 tickets. That's it. No. They know that a lot of people will cancel. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will find some reason not to come. Ranging from good reasons all the way down to bad reasons and reasons that are not even reasons at all. They know it. This is how it works. So they have sat down and said, that, look, if we go by, we have tw- 200 seats and so we have sold 200 tickets, we are going to be flying empty planes around. Yeah. Yes, most of our planes will not have people in them <laughs> and it will be a cost to us. Do you get it? Because once half of the plane has come, you have to fly. <laughs> you can't make an announcement, excuse me, you know. <laughs> the number of people we were expecting didn't show up, so we're not going. No, if you do that, you open yourself up to all kinds of lawsuits. No, not in this place. Yes. I mean, I've been on a plane before where there were probably about, not up to 10 of us. Yes, I mean, you could have as many of the seats as you wanted. You had seven people once. Yes. Yes, there's nobody on the plane, you know, yes. So it's like everybody free for all. (laughs) Sit here a little, move here, sit here a little, sit here a little, just keep changing your seats. Do you you get it? Yes, that is the truth, (laughs) you see, yes. So now they realize, especially since the pandemic, You know, you find them canceling flights and so on because they realize that, no, we can't be flying these big things around with people not in them. So now what happens more is overbooking. They always sell a lot of flights and even sometimes they'll prefer to come to the airport and at the last minute we'll realize that we can't take you. Then we're going to beg one of our neighbors to take you. Do you see? Yes, and give you some few points to compensate you. You get it? To make you happy, and you leave us alone. <laughs> do you see? But what they are trying to do is not to have an empty plane. So why don't we use the same strategy? Do you see? Yes, it's the same wisdom we are supposed to use. You have a car that seats four people, you must invite 10 people. tell 10 people I'll get you to the church. Yes. I'll, I'll give you the right to the church. Yes. And come the day you will realize that maybe as many as six of them will give you some excuse. And for that reason they will not come. That's how you get your four. But if you just invite four... Because you have four seats. Yeah. You might actually end up with zero. Yeah. Do you get it? Yes. And you'll be coming to church and you'll realize the only company you have is your handbag and your after church shoes yeah. <laughs> and your lunch. <laughs> That's all you have in the car. <laughs> Are you understanding it? So we have to use an Anakazo to influence and invite many people, more people than we can carry. Can I have an amen? Amen. Then number three is that use anakazo and never cancel your service. Anyone practicing anakazo is not prepared to cancel his service. Right? Yes. Now what he's saying here is that because of anakazo no matter how few the people are. Let the service happen. Especially your Basenta service. Or your Basonta service. Do you understand? Because sometimes people can make you cancel what you have prepared for. Isn't it? Yes. So few people come that you can't even call it what it is supposed to be. I remember one of our pastors who had a service And only one person came. Even I had a service before. When we moved to California, the first service, and we had gone around, invited some people, and they all said they were coming, you know, and we were having the service at our apartment, you know. (laughs) And (laughs) they all said they would come. Everybody said they would come. But when the day came, none of them came. And I remember I was not sure because I was left with the family. So I was not sure if I should just keep wearing my pajamas. Or, <laughs> or I should dress up for the service. Do, 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 do you get it? Because we were right there. The same people, we all woke up, we were all wearing pajamas. We thought people were coming, we were going to change. So as the people were not coming. I was wondering, was it in those days we used to wear ties and so on to church. You get it? So it's like, should I dress up for these guys? <laughs> You know, and it was Jason and it was Joel and it was Zoe and it was, you know, yes, truly. <laughs> Do you see? So you are not even sure. You get, And that's what happens. When you have a meeting and nobody comes, you say, we're having Bacenta service from the whole afternoon you've been praying, you know, and praying and you have your message and everything and then in the evening, you now try to have the service. This one says... I pray they have me excused. I pray they have me excused. I pray they have me excused. Then, then you feel like, what is the point? Let's not even have the service. So you want to cancel it. But an, an casual person does not allow that to influence them. Don't allow, we are supposed to be the influencers, not the influenced. Do you see what I'm saying? We must not be the ones who are affected, who are forced to shut down the meeting. Still have the meeting. Let's call it what it is. Let's keep doing it. Let's stay at it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. Let's stay at it. When I come to church and there are not so many people in church or many, sometimes you come to church and you see a lot of people are absent today. Yeah. I preach the same way that I'm supposed to preach. Do you get it? Yes. I only know of one way to preach, which is the only way I preach all the time. Do you, do you follow what I'm saying? Yes. We must not allow ourselves. You know, this man was determined to have a party. And he didn't let the absences and the excuses knock him out of the party mood. Do you see? He said the party is happening. We are having a party big time. Yes, it's happening. And there will be people at the party. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So do not cancel the service when you are using anakazo. Amen. Amen. Use anakazo number four to prevent having empty holes. Amen. Amen. We must use anakazo to prevent having empty holes. Hallelujah. Amen. Our hole can be full. Amen. Do you believe it? This hall can be full. If everybody was to come to church with their anacazote people. Do you see? Yes. Because it's a word that can become a noun and a verb and then it has everything. Do you get it? Yes. But if you were to stop coming to church alone and start carrying people with you to church, it won't be long before this hall is full. Do you understand? Yes. And I'm talking about the hall being full. Yes, let's move towards the hall being full. Even if, even if the, people, the, the people don't stay. Or so, that's a secondary thing. Do, do, do you understand? Yes, and we'll we have to work on that also. But that's a secondary thing. There must be people coming in. Do you see? Yes, there must be people coming in. There must be more people. There must be new people. Every Sunday when we ask who is visiting us for the first time, there must be no less than 10 more people, you know, standing up to say that, you know, we are also here for the first time. But you see that over time, we begin to relax. Do you see? And we settle and we are comfortable, do you see, with... No new people visiting church. No, we have to have new people. We have to have new people. You must wake up from Friday, we start to look for the new people. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. This fly is not, not listening to the preaching. He's not listening to the preaching. <laughs> he's moving around. <laughs> yes. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. So, there must not be... A, a case let's bring people let's make it a point overbook so that there will be some can I have an amen? amen then number five use anakazo to overcome people's excuses amen now this one is very important because a lot of excuses which is number six overcome people's lies because a lot of excuses are actually lies You get it, yes. A lot of excuses are not true. People just like to just throw something out there because most of us are so polite that we will not go beyond that excuse, which is a lie. You get it? So if we are operating with compulsion and we are operating with entreaties and beseeching people and persuading them, then we work with them through those excuses. Do do, do you get it? And we try to overcome the excuses. We have to help people to overcome the reasons why they don't do what they must do, which is good for them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. We have to overcome the excuses of people. We must become good at overcoming people's excuses. Think through it. Help the person with a solution. Do you understand? yes, help the person, offer your services you know, I'll pick you up I'll watch the kid for you I'll do this for you today, I can take you shopping after church yes, you want to go shopping, I'll take you there myself, yes so I only have Sunday morning to do my groceries no problem, after church I'll take you grocery shopping yes, yes or I'll, what, I'll, 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 I'll pay for Instacart, yes yes I even know where you can get things for, you know. I mean, cheap the prices. And I'll take you there after church. After church, yes, yes. I have some coupons I can share with you. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? Overcome the excuses of. Think through it and overcome it. You see, yes, Jesus was good at overcoming people's excuses. He knew what people were were thinking, and he spoke to their minds. Do you understand? Yes. And in Luke chapter 20 and verse 19, you see this verse here, which shows Jesus. The Bible says he spoke, and they perceived that he had spoken this parable against them. Luke chapter 20 and verse 19. 19 You see that Luke chapter 20 and verse 19. And the chief priests and the scribes, the same hour, sought to lay hands on him, for they feared the people, for they perceived that he had spoken this parable against them. <laughs> you get it? He knew what people, Jesus preempted the thoughts and excuses of people and spoke directly to them those things. Hallelujah. So, God is inviting us. Up to think and act like jesus christ hallelujah amen. then the last one for today use anakazo to make a way isn't it yes, yes. to make a way you know make a way for people amen. amen the anakazo man made a way he told the guy go to the highways and the byways and compel the people to come he said go and bring the blind the maim the halt people who would not typically be in this group do you see yes and all those people need a right usually yes because i don't think the blind and the maim and the halt who are the highways have cars parked over there and they're going to drive themselves to come no some of the people we need to come to church some of the people who will come to church don't have cars They don't have a means of transportation. They cannot afford to Uber themselves even to church. They can't do it. Do you see? Yes. So if we are serious we really have to offer ourselves to pick people up and to bring them to the church that the house of God may be filled. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? That's what is going to happen. That's what we're going to do. Stand to your feet and let's bring the service to a close. Amen. Enough preaching for a Sunday. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody pray. Close your eyes and let us pray. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to pray. Think of two or three people that you think you can bring to church. Actually, think of a carload of people that you can think of bringing to church think of at least four people imagine yourself imagine yourself alone with four empty seats in your car and tell yourself Lord I want you to give me four people to fill this car if you give me four people I'll bring them to church just tell the Lord if you bring me four people I'll bring them to the church. Thank you, Jesus. This is a good atmosphere. Church is a good place. And we need to believe in it. We need to be confident that the more people who get exposed to this environment and this atmosphere, the more they will be affected by the Lord. More people can be affected by God than have been affected. And we want to be used by God to reach those people and to bring them into the Lord's house. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we are praying and thanking you for today. We pray, oh God, that you will use us to reach people in the name of Jesus. Everybody open your mouth and pray and say, Lord... I want you to use me. I want you to use me. I want you to use me. Please use me to bring somebody to church. To bring somebody to Christ. To bring someone to meet you. To have at least the opportunity to meet you. And to be in your presence in the name of Jesus. Everybody pray and say, Lord, I know you're speaking to me. You spoke to me today. I hear you, Lord. We just don't want to fill a house. We want people to meet you we want people to meet you to fill your house and to meet you to give as many people as possible the opportunity and a chance to know you in the name of Jesus we thank you Lord we pray Holy Spirit Holy Spirit Holy Spirit that you will work through us Holy Spirit that you will work through us you will speak through us Yes, we pray. Think of those four people, everybody, and pray that the Lord will work on their hearts. God will work on their hearts in the name of Jesus. Yes, make us a soul winning center. Make us a church where people are are engaged to come to know the Lord, where people can meet Jesus, where people can... Meet Christ where people can find you, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Make us that type of church. Yes, where regularly, regularly, regularly people come to meet the Lord. Let it be a soul winning center in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Now, as we close the service. We're closing the service. I want to give you an opportunity if you're here and for you to give your life to Jesus. Yes. If you turn down the music a little bit. Yes. Now, I want to give you an opportunity if you're here this afternoon and you know in your heart that you're not saved. This is your day. God sent me here because of you. That God has you on his mind as we speak. For this particular moment, he wants to give you a chance to give your life to him. God can do far more with your life than you have done with it so far. And God wants to give you that opportunity. But you know the Bible says our sins separate us from God. Yet God has provided a way to deal with that sin and that is by accepting Jesus as your Lord and your Savior from that sin. Christ will cleanse you from sin and Christ will make you a child of God. Christ will clean you up enough to be able to walk with God. So I want to give you that opportunity right now. If you're here or you're watching us or listening to the podcast, but you know in your heart that you are not saved, this is your chance for salvation. I urge you not to let this moment pass you by. This is a good day to be saved. Just raise your right hand where you are and I'm going to pray for you. Even back there on the podcast, watching at home, or even listening to us in the car, wherever you are, just raise up your right hand. Just as a way of showing the Lord that you mean business, that you are serious About this prayer. Just raise up your right hand and God will bless you. And I want everybody here to join me as we say this prayer. And everyone who's listening to me, let's just say this prayer together. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and you died for my sins. Lord Jesus. Today I acknowledge my sin. And I invite you Lord Jesus. Into my life. To forgive me. Let your blood wash me. And let your blood cleanse me. From all my sins. Say Lord Jesus. I choose you today as my Lord and my Savior I'll no longer live for myself and I'll no longer live for the devil I want to live for Jesus from this day forward so Jesus I commit myself to you be Lord over my life From this day forward, I will never be the same. I'll never be the same because you are my Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, go ahead and put your hands together properly for the Lord. Amen. All right, now we want to have communion. Amen. If you said that prayer and you meant the prayer you just prayed, I want to invite you to send us a message, send us a text message at this number on your screen. And I believe that God is going to help you. One of us will reach out to you and send you a message back and contact you. And we have a special book we would like to send to you. And so if you would just send us a message so we know who you are and we'll reach out to you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. All right. Now we want to join our pastor at the First Love Center. Amen. Um, And we're joining him as he leads us in communion and a blessing. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's go to the First Love Center now and join the prophet as we do that. Father,
1: thank you for the Holy Communion which is presented to us. We pray for the body of Jesus to be a healing and a blessing to us all today. The body of Jesus Christ. of Jesus, wash away all your sins, whether watching online or physically here, may you be washed completely in the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus Christ. Lift your hands for your blessing. Your two hands in the air. May the two hands you've lifted up signal your hundred percent surrender to Jesus may he take your two hands and lift you up from the miry clay and place your foot on the rock to stay That sayeth the spirit of the Lord but when I place you upon the rock I place you solidly upon my work and in my house I stabilize you and make you a palm tree that grows even in bad weather and in salty ground yes therefore receive the grace receive to be planted grace. and established yes on lord. the rock yes of lord. the house of the lord yes Lord. and be a palm tree yes lord. that even out of season and when there is no water and there's no good sand you come forth with wonderful fruits miracle fruits Amen. May you be a bearer yes. of miracle fruits.
0: Miracle may you fruits.
1: survive and flourish, yes. even in a hostile environment.
0: Jesus, and the
1: blessing you. of the Lord, I receive be it. upon you as you do this. I receive the it. The Lord bless you. Yes. The Lord give you peace. Yes. The Lord strengthen you. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Let me hear your loudest. Amen. Amen. amen.
0: God bless you. You may be seated. Amen hallelujah may you survive even in a most hot, hostile environment in jesus name amen all right are you blessed today are you glad you came to church